Are you ready to start the second phase of your career journey? Do you feel like you are drowning in and overwhelmed with information about becoming an entrepreneur? Do you wish someone could just give you the step-by-step playbook and hold your hand through the whole process and save you time, money, and energy? Are you frustrated with your lack of progress and wish there was an easier way to grow an audience or scale your business? Maybe you already have a business, but you're stuck, not growing, and not getting the clients you dreamed of. In my one-to-one six-month coaching program, we will work together to identify your niche and ideal audience, discover clarity and confidence, differentiate you from all others in your area of expertise, all while working on mindset. You'll walk away after six months with a strong foundation for brand and business success. You'll have access to my templates, learn email marketing, Pinterest marketing, how to blog, we'll review your website copy, and you'll even get an intro to SEO and so much more. Don't have a website? Don't worry. Through my boutique brand agency, my team and I build brands and launch businesses. You can think of it as a brand in a box. We do it all for you and with you. No need to get multiple estimates and work with people all over the place. It's one-stop shopping. After six months, you'll be able to launch or relaunch your business with confidence and be on the fast track for success. No more overwhelm, frustration be gone. When you hire me as your business coach, you don't have to build a business alone. You don't have to fail your way forward. No longer do you have to overinvest and settle for minimal results. Let me help and guide you step-by-step, piece-by-piece to create a long-term foundation for success and a thriving, profitable business. And let's have fun while we build it. To apply and connect to see if we're a good fit for each other, visit my website, therobingraham.com forward slash brand and business coach. I look forward to learning more about your goals and dreams and helping you make them a reality. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Second Phase Podcast. I'm your host, Robin Graham, a certified brand strategist and business coach. You might be wondering why the second phase? The second phase may be a change in careers and learning how to navigate the world of entrepreneurship, a significant lifestyle change, going from stay-at-home parent to starting a business, a traumatic loss, a move, or an illness. It could be any number of things. No matter the definition, you are here to discover your second phase. Learn about creating a personal brand that stands out and makes an impact to grow as your authentic selves and follow your callings, values, visions, and passions, and to learn how to build a solid foundation for long-term brand and business success. Through interviews and solo episodes, we'll be diving into inspiring stories, life and business journeys of failure and success, and the strategies and tools used along the way. You ready to learn? Grab your coffee, the car keys, or the dog's leash, and let's dive in to this episode. Hello, friends. I am super excited to be here today and share with you a special guest that has not only helped me, but helped so many women and entrepreneurs with their small businesses and making sure that they are covered from a legal perspective, that their business is not only safe, sound, and secure, but that they are protected from any mishaps that could happen or anything that would be completely unexpected that could either affect them personally or their business, but 
maybe even overlap and affect them in both ways if they weren't careful. So today we're going to dive into some of the nitty gritty of what you need as a small business owner or as an entrepreneur from a legal perspective to not only keep your business safe, but to keep you and your personal assets safe too. So without further ado, Sherry Andrews, welcome to the Second Phase Podcast. Thank you, Robin. I'm glad to be here. Well, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to be here. I know you have an exciting afternoon because you're getting the COVID vaccine. (laughs) Actually, it's your second one. So I'm a little bit jealous. I've only had one and I cannot wait to get the second one and just have that, even though we still have to wear a mask, have that little extra sense of freedom. That's actually what I'm calling this is like freedom day. I mean, it's like, I know two weeks from today that I could still get sick but I'm probably not going to need to be hospitalized and I won't die because I'll be fully vaccinated. I'm very excited about that. Yeah, it's pretty liberating to think about. I know there are some people who aren't getting the vaccine and it's somewhat of a controversial topic, but I like to throw it out there that, you know, from a medical perspective, when, you know, I have my doctorate degree in pharmacy and I've always just had this strong belief that if you can prevent an illness, why would you not prevent that illness? The same thing, you know, with getting my kids vaccinated and stuff, but I do respect everyone's opinions and I know it can be a very sensitive subject. So we're going to just breeze right on over that one and jump into all the legal stuff that you are such an expert at. So first of all, tell the listeners a little bit about your story. So you were corporate in-house general counsel, which is a mouthful, and then something happens and that was no longer your identifying factor as an attorney. And so you shifted gears. So tell us a little bit about that. So when I found myself basically unemployed at the end of 2019, I was laid off due to corporate restructuring. I had a choice to make and it was, do I want another corporate job or do I want to jump into something else? Here's your opportunity. You've been handed this opportunity on platter. What are you going to do with it? And after a bit of soul searching, I realized that I was not going to find a job that met my criteria in corporate America because I knew that whatever I did next, whatever my second phase was, so to speak, had to be something that really mattered and where I felt like I was putting a lot of good back out in the world. Um, I've been blessed so far in my life to, you know, have a good job, make good money. And I knew that it was time to give back and make a difference. So I started thinking about what skills I bring to the table, what I have to offer, what I know best. And I decided that the best way I could serve the world would be to take all those legal skills that I've developed over the past 30 plus years and provide them to the people who can basically afford them the least, who have the least access to them, which is small business. And every small business needs the same legal protections that the big companies have, but typically they'll wait They'll either not think about it or they'll say, I'm going to wait until my company's bigger, until I'm making more money, until I can afford it to get those legal protections in place. And so I wanted to make it accessible to people to get those legal protections in place before they got in trouble. I love that. And I love that you looked at a negative situation and you looked at it as you were handed a gift and then 
you decided that because you have always been so blessed with your career, you wanted to give back. I think that's so important and something that we often overlook. I talk a lot about, you know, how gratitude can really change our mindset. And you are a perfect example of that. You didn't look at it as, oh my gosh, woe is me. It's the end of the world. You looked at it as an opportunity to reinvent yourself, create your second phase, and then do something that was going to help a population that didn't necessarily have access to the things that you could provide. So beautiful. Thank you. It's wonderful. Okay, so with all of that said, the very last thing you said was that small business owners and entrepreneurs need to be protected the same as the big corporations do. So what are some of the things that we need to be mindful of when we're starting a business or if we've started a business but haven't thought of the legal component yet? What are some of those things that we need to think of to lay the groundwork so that we're you know, setting ourselves up for a solid foundation for success and not having to then waver in the middle because we didn't have something in place? There's a number of answers to that question, but let me start by going back to something you said, which was, you know, when you're talking about preventing illness, if you can prevent an illness, why wouldn't you want to? So I'm going to say, if you can prevent a lawsuit in the future, why wouldn't you want to? If you can put the protections in place up front that prevent you from getting sued, That's going to be so helpful. And so some of the things you can do, there is setting up a business entity, there's contracts, there's policies, and I can take each one of those in turn. But basically, it's a whole package of different things that come together to create a full experience of being legally protected, what I call legally protected. So the first one is your choice of business entity. And a lot of people don't realize that if you just start a business and you haven't actually filed anything with the state, that automatically makes you, if it's just you, you're a sole proprietorship, if it's you and your best friend starting a business or a couple other people, it's a partnership. And in both of those cases, there's no separate entity to protect you. So you are personally liable for any of the debts and obligations of your company. And by personally liable, that means that if someone were to sue you, your home, your bank accounts, your cars, basically anything you own is up for grabs in a lawsuit because you are the business. So, you know, I strongly recommend new business owners if they're in any kind of business where they're providing financial or legal advice, medical advice or anything where their risk is increased, you're operating a storefront, people can come in and slip and fall. Any of those kind of things where you're providing advice or services that could impact somebody in a financial or health way, you're going to want to make sure that you're covered. And one way to do that is by creating an LLC. And the LLC, whether you're a single member or a multi-member, provides that separate legal entity so that you and your business are two separate things and then you are not personally liable for the debts and obligations of your business. And I always have to say, but there's one caveat to that. You are still liable for tax obligations, criminal actions, and gross negligence. And hopefully you're you're not going to mess up on any of that. (laughs) Yeah. Hopefully no one listening has any of those issues. (laughs) Right. 
So, you know, that's that's your first thing is setting up a business entity. The second thing that I really harp on people about is contracts. And we live in a world where it's so easy to say, oh, sure, you need this. I'll do it for you. It's X dollars done. And you go about and you do your thing, but you haven't put a contract in place that protects you. And it's not just a matter of, well, they might not pay you and you might not get your money. It's a matter of what happens if they did pay you or they paid you part of what they owed you, but then they're really unhappy with what they got in return and they want to sue you and they're asking for what they paid you back or more. When you've put all the time and energy into the work you're doing, you don't want to have to deal with those kind of problems. And a solid contract can deal with that up front. It can set out your refund and exchange policies. It can set out under what circumstances someone might be able to terminate the contract early and stop paying you. It can set out when and where you're sued if you have to go to mediation or arbitration first. And it just gives you the opportunity to put in so many legal protections that actually make it, they make it so that it's not attractive to file a lawsuit. You put enough stuff in there saying, here's all these limitations, and people are going to think twice about even bothering to file to begin with or even threatening to file. And one of the big ones is, particularly if you're operating across state lines, if you're a coach and you're coaching people all across the United States or even in other countries, you want to make sure that your contract says, if somebody's going to sue you, they're going to sue you in your own jurisdiction, in your county. And that way, if you know, you're know you in Pennsylvania and your client's in California, they're going to think twice about filing a lawsuit if the contract very clearly says, if you're going to sue me, you have to sue me in Pennsylvania. So those are the kind of things you can put in place that really actually prevent lawsuits before they ever happen. Yeah. Who would think of all those things? I mean, obviously an attorney, right? <laughs> right. You know, the average person, I think these are a lot of nitty gritty details that we wouldn't necessarily think of because they're not front of mind. Why would they be? We've never been sued before. Right. And I mean, typically when I see people draft their own contracts, they do a fairly good job of setting forth price terms and deliverables. So I'm giving you X, you're paying me Y. That's usually fairly well covered, but none of the legal protections are covered. And that's where an attorney comes in. Mm -hmm. Well, and I would imagine there are a lot of things that we as individuals don't think of that could happen in the future. You know, we think of, okay, we're going to see these clients. We're going to make a difference in their lives. We're going to provide a service for X amount of dollars, but we don't think about the things that could potentially happen because we're living in the moment. We're thinking about the good we're going to do, the good we're going to put in. We're not thinking about the what ifs. I mean, Hopefully we're not sitting there thinking about what ifs, but you know, we're not typically the what ifs that could happen from a legal perspective. Okay, Sherry. So we talked about the things that you can do from the start as far as protecting your business and making sure you're set up in a way that it's not going to come back to you personally. Nobody's going to be able to sue you for your personal assets if you have set yourself up with an LLC and then making sure that your contracts are in place. So what about most of us now, you know, we have websites, we're doing everything digitally, not everything, but so much of our world is digital now. So what do we need to have in place for our websites and the content that we're putting out into the world? 
Okay, so for your website, people ask me this all the time. Do I really need a privacy policy? Yes, you do. A lot of people think, you know, well, if I'm not collecting names and emails, I don't need one. Well, if you're collecting clicks and views, if you have Google Analytics turned on, yes, you still need a privacy policy. There are very few websites out there. They do still exist, but there are very few that are information only that have zero client contact points like where you can fill out something to get a newsletter or whatever and that have turned off all metrics. So unless you fit that, your information only, there is no contact forms or anything like that on your website and you have all the metrics turned off, you need a privacy policy. And the reason why is there are a number of regulations out there. GDPR is one that is the European Union's general data protection regulations that specifically applies to people in the European Union countries. The problem is you can't stop people from the European Union coming onto your website and filling out the form to join your newsletter list or to contact you or to download your free offer. The other big piece of legislation that we're dealing with right now is the CCPA, which is the California Consumer Privacy Act. And, you know, that one's right here in the United States. It's California. And violations for that one, I can tell you, for a single violation of the CCPA, it's $2,500 to $7,500 in fines. You know, it's enough to make you stop and think twice about the cost of putting a privacy policy on your website, a couple hundred dollars versus getting hit with a $2,500 to $7,500 fine. It makes more sense to put the policy on your website. Um, so that that's one. Terms of use, they're not legally required, but they're a good thing to have because they allow you, again, for the visitors to your website to set up those contractual agreements about what you can and can't do on my website and where you can sue me if you run into a problem with my website and where you can reach out to me for issues can all be set up in those terms of use. And if you have any kind of subscription based on your website, so people actually logging in, then you definitely want the terms of use because that sets up your agreement between your subscribers and you. Then there's also disclaimers. So you want to make sure, again, those tricky areas of practice, if you are anything health, financial, legal, pretty much any professional advice, you're going to want disclaimers to the effect that what's on your website is educational only. It's not meant to be specific financial or legal advice or medical advice that you're always, you know, instructed to consult your own practitioner, whether that's a medical person, a, you know, financial person. And that holds true even if you're not in the top three, which is, you know, medicine, legal, finance. If you are giving people advice, you want to make sure that they know that your advice doesn't guarantee them any specific results, that whatever's coming out of this relationship is based on the amount of work that they put into it and their specific circumstances. Mm -hmm. So those disclaimers are a big thing. And the last one I'll throw out just for fun is images. And just for the love of all things holy, 
if you didn't take the image or you didn't buy a license for the image, please, please, please do not put it on your website or your social media. You can get fined for it. You can get sued. A lawsuit for copyright infringement can cost you up to $150,000 for a single photo. And you would think that with so many new websites every day and so much is online and so much is digital that you're just this little solopreneur doing your thing. You're not going to get caught. Well, it's not harder to get caught. It's easier. It's getting easier and easier. There is artificial intelligence crawling the internet all day long, every day, looking for infringing uses of copyrighted materials. Mm -hmm. So just because you found it on the internet doesn't mean it's free to use. It's not. Mm -mm. I can speak to the image thing too. And a lot of photographers now, especially fine art photographers, will have a digital mark on their photos so they can see, they can track who has downloaded those images, used those images. So it's much easier to be caught now than it ever has been before. And yeah, that one has just become just a really huge thing. Mm -hmm. There are companies that their job is to protect photographers and what they're doing is totally legitimate. PicRights, Pixabay, Pixie, Getty Images, Auto, you know, there's dozens of them. And they, for the people that they represent, crawl the internet looking for unauthorized uses of their images. Mm -hmm. And then you will get a letter. And it's unfortunate that the letter looks very much like spam. But the letter says, we found this image on your website. You owe us $800, $1,200, $2,000 for your use of this image. And it's not spam. It's for real. And they are coming after you because their image you know, for somebody they represent was on your website. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's just not worth it. It's not worth no. the cost to you in the long run. No. And as a photographer, I, I'm very sensitive to that issue. I've actually had a couple of my images stolen. And, you know, sometimes it's very hard to even find the person that stole the image because of all of the things they do behind the scenes electronically. But yeah, it's very disheartening when someone steals your content. So I am a big, big, big supporter of people following the rules when it comes to using imagery. And the thing is, there are enough places out there that you can get free images that are there. People have given them or someone's bought them and is giving them away for free, but you have to do your due diligence. Don't just take something and use it by downloading it off the internet. If you want to use something, you know, go to Adobe stock photo, go to Getty images, go to Canva. Canva has a plethora of images that you can download for free. You know, they've already made a contract with the artist or the creator of the image. So if you're going to do it, make sure you do it on the up and up. Right. So go to one of those stock photo companies and pay to license the photo you want to use. And a lot of them, you can get them for a dollar or less an image. The other thing, if you're going to one of the ones that say they are royalty free, make sure you read the terms of use on those because a lot of them, it's royalty free for personal use, but not for commercial use. And the minute you put it on your business website, or in your business social media, that's commercial use. And so make sure you're not using images that are excluded from commercial use. 
That's excellent advice. Excellent advice. So, okay, Sherry, this is all such valuable information, but I don't want to overlook the fact that you are going to be a published author in a matter of days. And I want to draw some attention to your book. Yeah, I'm really stupidly excited about my book. The book is called Smooth Sailing, A Practical Guide to Legally Protecting Your Business. It is a resource for solopreneurs, creatives, small business owners to get educated about and understand the legal aspects of their business. So some of the things that we just talked about are in there in a little bit more detail. There's a lot more in there about making sure you have professionals helping you in different areas, about copyright and trademark issues, about all the different kinds of policies that you might want to be considering in terms of what you need to be compliant with for your business and your situation. But it's not written like a legal textbook. It is very conversational. It is meant to be an easy and hopefully enjoyable read just to give you the information you need so that you'll know the right questions to ask and you'll know what you need when you go to talk to an attorney about your business. I love that because it's very overwhelming and you don't know what you don't know. So if we don't know something, we don't know the right questions to ask. So I love that you're putting that out there to help all of us who are not legally minded that we'll be able to ask the right questions and save ourselves from a whole lot of headaches down the road. That's just it. I would really love to be able to make sure that Small business owners out there just have the tools they need to get things done right from the outset, or if you've been in business for a while, to fact check yourself and make sure there wasn't something that you overlooked or that you missed that needs to be taken care of. I know way too many stories of small businesses who made a simple legal mistake and ended up spending thousands and thousands of dollars or simply going out of business because they couldn't afford to correct it. And it's things that can be avoided up front. And I just want to make sure that that information is available. And particularly now, I mean, the timing actually couldn't be better in terms of we just went through this pandemic and a lot of people lost their jobs. A lot of those people are older, you know, 50 plus. They're going to have a really hard time finding a replacement job and they're considering entrepreneurship for the first time as an option. So this gets them off on the right foot. Even um, the younger people, they may be deciding that, you know, hey, I lost my job and I really have had it with corporate America. I don't want to go back. I want to do my own thing. I want to do something that lights me up and gets me excited. And so I want to make sure that they're getting off on the right foot because we all know small business is the backbone of this country. And it's going to come back even stronger than it did before. It's unfortunate that because of the pandemic, so many small businesses had to close down, but the need is going to be there. They're going to be replaced by new ones. And I just want to make sure that as many people as I can reach, that they get the information to be protected. I love that. You've got such a good heart. It's fabulous. I'm so excited for you, for the book, and for all of us entrepreneurs to have a resource that we can go to and not feel overwhelmed with. 
So Sherry, outside of the book, well, actually first, where can they purchase the book when it's available? Will it be Amazon? Actually, when it completely launches on May 18th, it'll be available at almost any online place you normally go to buy books. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Kobo, Apple, it'll be all those places. Okay, perfect. Right now, it is available for pre-order through Amazon. Through Amazon. Okay, great. I will put the link to that in the show notes. And we're going to air this episode the week that your book actually launches. So we'll make sure that the all the links are there so that people can access that. Now, how can, outside of buying the book, how can people find you? Best way to find me is my website, which is my name, um, sherryandrews.com. And that's C-H-E-R-I andrews.com. And my website, I'm different than a lot of attorneys in that I am completely transparent about what I'm doing because part of what I'm trying to do in setting up my practice so that everything is at rate or subscription fee models so that businesses know when they reach out to me what they're going to get and what they're going to pay for it. There's no surprises. There's no hourly billing. My packages and pricing for the majority of things I do are on my website, right out there for the whole world to see. Beyond my website, the other place you can find me is on Facebook. Um, and I have Facebook business page under my name. And I also have a Facebook group called Let's Talk Legal. And that group is, again, for small business owners as a place of community for to come together and talk and learn about the legal aspects of their small business. And listeners are definitely welcome to check that out and join. That's awesome. Sherry, thank you so much for being here and sharing so much great information with us today. Uh, You're welcome. It's been my pleasure. And that's a wrap, friends. If you enjoyed this episode and found the information helpful, please take a moment to subscribe and leave a rating and review. That would mean the world to me. If you know someone who could use the information shared today, please share the episode with them too. And let's connect. You can find me on Instagram, Clubhouse, Facebook, and LinkedIn as The Robin Graham. Lastly, if you'd like more information on personal branding and brand marketing strategies, be sure to join my email list and the Female Entrepreneur Insider Facebook group. We are there every week with tips and trainings to help you build a solid foundation for brand and business success. And don't forget, on the website, you can find a plethora of free resources. Go to therobingraham.com forward slash resources and download any of the free resources that I have created to help you build a personal brand that stands out and makes an impact. Until next time, remember to smile.